Legend of the Five Rings actual play podcast. I will be your storyteller for this amazing game, Mikey. Uh, you can find me on all of the social medias, specifically the Twitters, TikToks, and the Instagrams at Pop Culture Geek. If this is your first podcast, welcome. Thank you for joining us. You can also listen to a whole plethora of other D&D Vibe Tribe going on. You like a little bit of wrestling? You should check out our Friday Night Fights. You want a little bit of more of that noir style of feel? We got a Deadlands noir podcast that we got going on. Are you looking for some neon-drenched mysteries in a city where gods and goddesses are running amok? City of Mist, Knights of Pain Town is for you. And as well as a whole other plethora of different podcasts, ranging from the Biconics Wrestling Podcast to the Nerdy Puerto Ricast, where, funny enough, one of my players in here is the host of that and is doing an amazing job, but he can explain that more when he introduces himself. As always, what is a tabletop RPG game without the amazing players that get to experience the journey alongside me? And I have a fantastic cast for this game, so we're going to go around and introduce each other, or they're going to introduce themselves to you lovely listening audience first. All right. Hi, I'm uh, Mikkel. I, I'm a Swedish role player. I uh, do wrestling. Yeah, that's essentially it. I will be playing Emerald Champion. An Emerald Magic. Yeah, so I am Will. Are you going to find me a... Uh... Halfling Wizard on many social medias such as TikTok, etc. I am an administrator and creative member of or member of the creative team of ADH Adventures, Discord, and Twitch. Projects I've got coming up. I, I got a lot of stuff. I'm not going to list it all off, but I'm excited to be here. I've never played this particular TTRPG and I'll be playing Mio Nishiyama of the Phoenix Clan. I'm super excited. So. Hello everyone. Like Mikey said, my name is Josh, or MG Creature, if you follow, uh, if you have TikToks. So, I'm actually in quite a few of Mikey's podcasts now. He's he, he's been a lot of fun. He, he really has. I've indoctrinated him. <laughs> it definitely made these past couple years bearable. <laughs> but, anyways, for this game, I am going to be playing. Yakaina Nokaze of the Lion Club. Hello, hello! This is Chris, also known as Pupriku on all of the socials. Pupriku or Puppyriku, depending on the app, I'm on all of them. And you may have heard me on Friday Night Fights here on uh, the D&D Vibe Tribe. It's been a fun game. Definitely, if you're looking for something that's just stupid, funny, enjoyable, you don't even have to get wrestling. Check it out. Other projects I got going on, I'm actually currently recruiting players for my own 
for my own game soon. So that should be a lot of fun. And tonight I'll be playing Kaito Shiba of the Phoenix Clan. Saludos, programas, and konnichiwa. I am Adolfo. I am the nerdy Puerto Rican over on TikTok. I also have a podcast, the Nerdy Puerto Ricast, which you can listen to here on the DNT5 Tribe, and also where you can listen to all po major podcasts. I am also part of the Friday Night Fights crew. However, in this game, I'll be playing Shodai Toketsuka, a unicorn clan Ayuchi. Ayuchi. I hope I didn't slaughter that too bad. And this is the first time I play this game. Hi, I'm Amador. I'm the normal guy. I don't do much. I like playing tabletop games. I'm also in Call of the Deep. I'm the little goblin that loves to bite pretty much everything. But today I will be playing a Crab Clan member who is not going to any Crab Clan schools. Before we jump into the story properly, for those of you for the uninitiated or for those of you who just discovered us out of the blue, hi, what's up, how you doing? But we are playing Legend of the Five Rings. If you are unfamiliar with that tabletop RPG, the best way to describe it is basically what happens when you take the history and the culture of ancient feudal Japan and the samurais and you inject dice mechanics and narrative storytelling into it. Legend of the Five Rings takes place in a fictionalized version of feudal Japan called uh, Rakugan. And essentially, my players will be playing samurai and will be, hopefully, or we shall see what happens, trying to uphold the tenets of Bushido as they make their way through uh, Rakugan and see what kind of shenanigans they get into. So, I'm really excited. <laughs> but yes, with the introductions out of the way... Shall we get started with the story? It is the 20th year of the reign of the Divine Emperor Hante the 38th. The Emerald Empire has stood for a thousand years, thanks to the guidance of the Kami and wise benevolence of the Hante Emperors. Each of the seven great clans vies eternally to be first in the Emperor's favor while safeguarding Rokugan from its many enemies within and without. Our story focuses on the Topaz Championship, which is a chance for each clan to test their best and brightest against one another. Though all contestants can pass the test and become samurai, the one who claims glory from themselves and their clan and may even earn a high-ranking position in the Empire is determined through this test. As contestants, you are all traveling to the village of Suma where the championship will be held at the Kakira Dueling Academy. Who knows? Maybe you'll win it all and become the Topaz champion. But before all that glory can be bestowed upon you, we find ourselves on a very simple and quaint dirt road of the outskirts of the city of Suma. Miles and miles away, we see our quote-unquote camera kind of panning over the scenery a bit rice fields dirt road just the quiet and serene of the spring of rokugan just in and settling in f during the warm weather our camera kind of uh, pinches in a little bit and we see two individuals walking down this road one 
who has seen a lot of shit and one who is about to see a lot of shit. So in this case, <laughs> Mikel and Josh, these two individuals are your characters before jumping right in. Would you describe what your characters look like to the audience, please? All right. Yaka Kaina, or Yaka, as a lot, uh, a lot of people will just come to just call him. He's the average-looking young lad. He he stands about about five foot, anywhere from about five nine to five ten. He has dark brown hair. He's fairly built for his age, I guess you can say, but. He is just he 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 presents himself as just your uh, average chap. Really, the only thing noteworthy of him is a scar that goes across uh, across his hand from a accident uh, that happened between him and a uh, I don't know how to explain it. I had it and then I lost. He was on a hunting trip with his father, and something happened and. The bowstring of the bow that he was using just broke and it just really sliced up his hand good. So that's pretty much the only noteworthy thing. Of uh, other than that, he's just he presents himself as just just an average young chap. All right. Contrary to to Yaka's fairly plain and exceedingly tall. Look, Ikigai is a short, older man. He looks to be in his late 40s, which is old for anyone carrying a sword, essentially, in Rokugan. He has gilded hair, which is fairly strange. Not a lot of people do that, but it's a vanity thing. It has been giving way to some black and gray hairs on top of his head since it has been growing out. He's fairly wrinkled with, with some crow's feet at his eyes and he wears a uh, yellow haori with with some lettering on the back naming him as a sensei. It is, it is turnable so he can wear it inside out and it's black that says sensei on the inside as well. His most notable feature in this case is a golden obi with lettering that describe a passage out of Kodo's leadership, which we will get into later. As the two of you are walking down this dirt road, Ikigai for you, while it may not be exactly the same, you have lived long enough to know the drill, and you have accompanied many <laughs> of young fledglings to the Topaz Championship, specifically to complete their Genpuk. And so, for you, this is an all-familiar sight and the sounds. Nothing at this point can deter you from, let's get this job done. You, on the other hand, Yaki, Kaze... This is your first time ever outside of your own village. So you are just taking in the sights and sounds for the very first time. So it's a very interesting dynamic. 
of one who has been here before and one who is about to experience all of this. So the two of you are just walking right now, just talking. Do you have any questions before we entered Suma? I have more questions than I have. I'm afraid I have more questions than we have time. I just, uh, what can I expect out here? I've heard all the other samurai around around the town talking about all these different places, all these different people that they've met. Is there anything, sir, I, I, I can't seem to gather my words today. As this is the first time I've ever been out of the village, what can I expect out here? That's the thing. No matter what you expect, you might find yourself surprised. Set your expectations low, and you will meet nice people. Set your expectations high, and you will be striving for them forever. And he continues walking. Love it. As the two of you continue your walk, the camera kind of pulls back a little bit, and it fades behind you, turning around to two more individuals a bit of a distance away from yourselves. Still within close proximity, but not close enough where you will notice their presence. These two specific individuals are also being accompanied by a third. But it is quite interesting because these two young men are being accompanied by a female compatriot. So these particular two individuals happen to be you two. For you, Will, and Chris. <laughs> so the two of you are traveling together. And Chris, you will know this third compatriot as the person that you have been tasked with guiding to the city of Suma. But before we get into her, Will and Chris, go ahead and describe what your characters look like. Alright, so Neo is Paul, And... Thin but muscular. You can tell that he's a thin man, but he's he's, he's toned muscularly. Black hair that has like blue undertone. His eyes, if you get closer to him, you'll see that his eyes are blue. But if you get really close to him, you'll see right around the pupil there's a line of red. He does have a scar through his right eyebrow, from one which we can get into later. But it's from a if something in his past. He wears the sort of traditional garb of the time with the colors being blues and whites if you looked at his if you looked closely or from a distance from him it would almost look like he's wearing water the way his clothing sort of flows and the colors mesh together and he walks with a walking stick and that is me all right kaito Seems like we got a theme going on here. Kaito is also tall, but he's rather bulky. You could tell he probably has never skipped a meal, <laughs> but it, a lot of it is muscle. He he also has a scar on his right eye from childhood. He just playing with playing with friends fell and cut it open. Uh, it looks like that trend people are doing when they cut their eyebrow because the hair just doesn't grow back anymore. <laughs> His eyes are brown hair tied back and he seems very 
contemplative as he's walking. He's like looking around at the scenery, the trees and such as he as you walk along. And as you are in this contemplative state, you feel a hand just briefly touch since you're tall, I guess she's shorter, so she wouldn't be able to reach your shoulder, but you get the point. <laughs> but your third compatriot that is traveling with you two is a young female figure. Chris, you know her to be Himiko, who is your ward, or at least that's what the clan is calling her, and that you have been assigned to escort her and to also make sure that she gets to the city of Suma in one piece. In addition to the three of you going for your guest, as you're in this contemplative state, Himiko just looks up to you and just says, We've talked about this once and I'm going to mention it again. You don't have to be so nervous. You're going to do fine. I know. I know. Just, just trying to remember my training, trying to remember everything I've been through. Just, it's not really nerves. It's more looking back that it's led to this. Yeah, what can I say? You do have a unique perspective on how to handle things as she just giggles a little bit. <laughs> Kaito giggles right back. And as the three of you continue to walk as well, Mio, Himiko turns to you and also says, And you, you're gonna do great just as well. Just remember just to breathe, relax, and let's try not to have a repeat of what happened a couple months ago. <laughs> and Mio's gonna look at Himiko and give us a slight bow. And not like necessarily a you don't have to bring that up again type of bow as opposed to a thank you for your advice. He's very quiet. He's I forgot to mention earlier, but he is very he's very calm and precise and he likes to watch and study before he reacts to things. Doesn't like to be doesn't like authoritarian so he doesn't really like to be told what to do. But he will look at her and just give her that that quick bow of the head and a look from his eyes really reads, you don't have to bring that up every time. Do I... Is it visible enough where I would notice that as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I will say, you three are in close proximity. I'm pretty sure it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Not so, to hide it. <laughs> so when I notice that he's like, don't bring it up again, I'm... Uh, uh, Kaito just says, listen, I... Sometimes you gotta experiment a few times. Sometimes they don't go as planned. Believe me, I have plenty of scars from my attempts. <laughs> so the big thing about it is just moving forward. What's next? He'll give you uh, a, a bow as well. Hearing your words of wisdom, you'll look back at Himiku and apologize for being so abrupt. Himiko, she lets out a small little chuckle, and she says to you, Mio, it's okay. <laughs> I apologize for breaking it up, but 
just trying to lighten the mood is all. But the two of you got this, and I know that us three, we're going to make the Phoenix Clan proud. <laughs> and from there, the camera once again cuts from you three as you continue to walk towards Suma. And going a little further back, we see our last two individuals. Though this time it's an interesting pairing as they are not from the same clan. But they seem to have found their way on a common path and a common goal to Suma. So at this point, Adolfo and Amador, these are your characters. So before we get into the goodness of it, would you please describe what your characters look like for the audience. So my character, he is 17. He's heavier sight. He's heavier set. His body type is actually very square. He has puffy cheeks and a round flat nose. He's five foot. He has long curly brown hair that, that is tied back, but it's under uh, a kasa, which is a traditional Japanese hat. He wears, his clothes are, were originally all water tone, like uh, blues and like bluish grays, but they, they have been mended numerous times. So there's like patches of like bright yellow or like other colors just all over his clothing he's cleanly shaven he has emerald eyes but the big thing is that he does not look like he is from the realm he actually looks like he's an outsider his skin is is a darker almond suntan colored skin gotcha Alright, that just leaves you, Amador. Go ahead and describe me what your character looks like for the audience, please. Alright, so my character, he's, so running with the theme, he is of a larger build. He is, he is a little muscular for his age. He definitely looks like he works with, he works in a lot of, with forges. His hands look extremely calloused, even for his age. He has a straw hat. He at this point would probably even be stuffing his face not really being the most courteous with uh, some fried foods he has a i don't know what like the short sleeve version of the kimono is that's tied off at the sleeve so they're pulled up so you have to don't have to keep pulling them up but they'd be shaded a nice indigo and a darker orange he would have also a one of the things that kind of makes him stand out is his necklace that he wears over all his clothes that's adorned with some like what looks like some teeth and like prayer beads it's not super elaborate simple but it's also like reflective of huntings and stuff and yeah so to segue my character's name is Daidoro and Daidoro is going to look over at the traveling companion the person next to him he's gonna look at him and finally noticed that he uh that he has it doesn't look like he he is from here and he's going to plainly just i uh, just break the silence and go you don't look like you're from here where are you from do you know where you come from you don't really look like me <laughs> tell me if that was offensive i'm sorry if it was <laughs> i mean it was uh, i'm gonna go jump off a building i'll be back no don't <laughs> do that it was, it was a mistake. As long as you learn from it, you're good. It's on brand for the setting, but it's also... 
I guess the nicer way is he he says you would you look of of gaijin culture. Is that what they refer to it? Gaijin culture? Is that worse? I don't know if that's worse. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry. Listen, I know you don't mean it in a bad way, so you're good. But anyways, <laughs> so my character's name is Shodai. So Shodai looks up from the onigiri that he's been munching on uh, the whole trip, and. He just gives a, a half smirk. He's like, oh, my family, we travel the steps, so we don't really stick in one place too long. What you eating? Oh, I have pork, basically whole pork cutlets that my mother put in a nice little package for me. You want to trade a, a onigiri for a cutlet, perhaps? Are you kidding me? Pork cutlet for... Oh, yeah, heck yeah. And uh, he'll reach into a travel bag and produce an onigiri and then he'd be like hey have you heard about the the yakitori in this place we're going to please do tell <laughs> i hear that the yakitori here is to die for that the sauce they use they just they get some special sesame seeds and toast them or what i don't it's magical we need to try them I also heard the daifuku here is to die for. It's so nice and chewy and lovely to the taste buds. Oh, I could use some of that right now. As his cut mouth opens and his tongue's in a little bit of drool comes out. By the way, I'm Daidoro. And I have to understand your, how you say, sorry, I'm not very good at remembering names. That's okay. I have my name stitched into my clothes, so I don't forget it. I'm Shodai. What a very powerful name, friend. And it's a pleasure to meet you too, Daidra. What brings you in this part of the town? I'm assuming since we're probably around the same age, it has to be the, what is it called? The topaz thing? Yeah, to be honest, I'm just hoping to graduate to the expert knife set to make sushi with because... My dad has just only been letting me use the the knife set, and, I, and he holds he holds up his hands, and his hands too look to be like working hands, not like of the forge, but like he works in a kitchen. He's like, and look at these hands, they're too big. I can't fit my hand around the little kid handle of of this of a sushi knife. You know what I mean? If I can be so frank and so plain with you, even that looks rough. Those look very rough. Those knives that. It's a damn shame you're using those knives. Hopefully, that'll change. You don't have to hope, friend. Hopefully, since I am, since I do working in the forge, maybe even if Kami, Kami for Kami, what is it? Uh, Kami for forbid. I hope that you do get your master set. But if not, I will be more than happy to get you the finest metals and the finest edge for such cutlery as yours for your hands of course oh thank you Daitoro. and then and if that happens i will make you one of the most tastiest rolls you've ever had please it would be my pleasure and i'm certainly sure it would be yours okay gives a, should i gives a thumbs up this is the duo I didn't know that we were gonna get, but I'm so happy we have it. Y'all's making me hungry now. This is gonna be the foodie duo. They're gonna just go out and try the all the food. Duo. Yeah. Oh god, have we done? But as the two of you continue to have your 
talks about food and the amazing possibilities of what you will end up experiencing in the city of Suma. All seven of you, with Himiko included in that number, find a way to converge together. And, uh, yeah, so the three separate traveling groups are now one. So all of you guys converge on this singular path heading towards the city of Suma, where you begin to get a first impression of each other and to talk amongst yourselves a little bit. Hi, I'm Shodai. Anyone want an onigiri? Trust me, it's it'll it's quite the honestly. I'll take one. Shodai s- slowly produces <laughs> from his bag what lo- appears to be one onigiri, and he like spreads them out, playing cards, and there's actually four in his hand. He's like, ah, very clever. <laughs> and I go ahead to grab one. I'm Kaito, by the way. Well, it's very nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you too. I reach out, just kind of glancing over. So is, is it okay? I mean... For the 111th time, I'm not your master, I'm your uncle. I'm doing this as a favor to your father. Yes, go talk to your friends. Ouch. <laughs> of course, man. Of course, uncle. Thank you. I walk oh, over and I... No. I already forgot what you said those were called, but I grabbed one. Been a long trip already. Shodai beams a smile, like his cheeks are like, almost look like chipmunk cheeks. Like, hey, as he gives it to you. Thank you. I'm Yaka, by the way. Pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to meet you too, Yaka. At this point, Hibiko kind of just inserts her way into this. Is like, I am Hibiko, and this lovely stoic gentleman behind me is uh, Mio. Don't be shy, man. Don't be shy, Mio. Come on over. He, he just gives another bow as he's, like, chewing on bamboo shoots. He's, no one really knows what to make of Mio. He's mysterious. <laughs> so Shodai pauses, like, mid-chew on the pork cutlet that he got from Daidoro, and he regards Mio, and he's like, I've heard bamboo shoots are good for the digestive tract. Is that true? And he'll look at you, and he'll be like, like, he'll pull out a bamboo shoot and he'll hand it to you and says, you might want to try them. So, Shodai looks at the pork color, <laughs> then he looks at the bamboo shoot, then he slowly takes the bamboo shoot and, like, nods and says, thank you. And it's pickled. So it actually tastes pretty good. Did you say pick- You wouldn't happen to have another one, would you? Look in his pack and he will pull out more. Thank you. So, out of character real quick, maybe we should just not go to the Topaz thing and just all go start a food truck. Start a restaurant. Like a diner. Oh my gosh. I can't. <laughs> oh boy. I'm just getting... So, as a sidebar real quick, I love getting this image in my head because, essentially, all of you are teenagers. Ikigai, you're just... I don't want to say babysitting is the correct term, but you're chaperone. Sure you're chaperoning this group of teenagers. <laughs> Technically, I'm just chaperoning my nephew, but if they're yeah, all here, I guess, and there are uh, no responsible other times, just yeah. keep referring to you as master instead of uncle. I don't know, <laughs> but if there are no other responsible adults here, Ikigai will herd this pack of kittens to 
to the sign-up area. Come on, you have to sign up to be in the Topaz Championship or you will have to wait until next year. Come along. <laughs> it's going to be a long summer if you miss it. Too real. Cleaning staples <laughs> and stuff. And he's not lying. It will be a summer before we can sign up again. I showed I yeah, falls oh. falls in stride and kind of shuffles behind you guys. He's like, what about the Yakitori? I heard there'd be Yakitori. Well, the only Yaka right now will be would be my nephew. So if we don't want a repeat of last year, come on. Jeez, Yaka, you got it rough. I start, I start making my way away from the group and back back to Uncle. I just sorry. <laughs> there will be time to eat later. We need to get you registered. Oh my gosh, I love it. Oh, look All at right. the time. It's, oh, look at the time. It's later. Convenient. <laughs> no, so despite coming from different clans and having very different personalities, since you guys have met up with each other and have been traveling for eh, a good chunk of time, all heading towards the same direction. You also notice that you occasionally encountered other travelers, other young fledglings from different clans, making their way to Suma as well. As you guys begin to continue to chat with each other, for some reason it's mostly about food, amongst other things. In the distance, you guys can now see the village of Suma, just ahead through the blossoming trees in the distance. And soon, before it, you'll have arrived inside the city and you can rest yourselves before the contest begins tomorrow. As you are continuing down this dirt road, besides the Tungu River, you find your way now, as you guys were making good time, you find yourselves abruptly now blocked. In f Your path has been blocked in front of you. So to your right, you see the river laps up against the edge of the path you are walking on. To your left, a very nicely ornate, artfully crafted stone wall blocks off a broad and flooded field of rice. And in the center of this is a uh, giant upended cart that's blocking the middle of this plath. And as you try to look to your left and to your right and to around it, there is no way to proceed without getting wet or setting the cart to its rights. So getting it up evened and to uh, set it on its way. As you continue to look at the site in front of you, you also notice an elderly peasant is struggling to do just that. To try to upend the cart as you approach. But when he notices you guys, he immediately hurls himself to the road at your feet with his forehead pressed to the dust. Oh, honored samurai, 1,000 pardons for blocking your path. I will move the cart as soon as I'm able to. It is quite all right. Shodai to the left and to the right of his the crew, and, and then he looks back. He's, no, it, 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 it's okay, Elder. Don't worry. And, and he actually, like, steps forward and, and mm -hmm. will try to help with moving the, the cart out of the way. Mio will as well. Daizaro would also yeah. like to assist with moving the carts. Yeah, okay. with... I was going to try to mention that before everybody else, but everybody else beat me to it. <laughs> I do not want to get wet, please. To be fair, the cart is in the middle of the path, so it's on the dirt road. But yeah, so but all of you young 
go for As it. As I'm moving up to the, the cart to help get it set up, I kind of look over to the elder and I said, there, there's no need to apologize. Accidents happen. Right, so as the five of you in great tandem work together, you have no issue upending this cart and putting it back into its proper orientation. And if anything else fell out of the cart, uh, I want to help gather that stuff up and put that in the cart as well. Okay. So, as you begin picking up the stuff, there's a couple of interesting things that you find within it. There's a, a couple of scrolls, some knickknacks, and you also find a couple of pieces of paper. And as you continue to look at said pieces of paper, some of them have writings. Though, as to what they say, you can't necessarily tell right away unless you decide to take a further look at it. I am going to take a further look. Alrighty. As you take a look at the pieces of paper, most of them seem to be formal writing uh, in a nice kind of blue ink going across of it. Some of it is just letters, the generic kind of state of affairs. But then you notice that the signature at the bottom of said letter, it's something you weren't necessarily expecting because at the bottom of the letter that you are currently looking at is signed one Doji Satsume. And if anybody knows anything about Rokugan, Doji Satsume is the Emerald <laughs> Champion. The At least he was. But do you know that he was the Emerald Champion until his unfortunate uh, demise not too long ago. So he is no longer in the world of the mortal plane, if you will. I'm just puzzled because I never... I, I just expected to just put his stuff back on the wagons. I didn't expect to find anything like this. But uh, I kind of glance over to uh, Akota, uh, over to... Uh, I just kind of look over and give him the, uh, this look like, is this really what I think it is? Yes, his back turned. He does not abide uh, that a prominent young samurai does physical labor. But he glances over as well. What do you got there? Just I can, I can see the blue ink. The letter to... Told you something. Why is there... This looks like a fresh letter, too. I'm, I'm just puzzled. Ikigai strides over and grabs the letter. Alrighty. So, Ikigai, as you take a look at the letter, in your line of work, it's something that you've constantly seen already. This letter is just a general message about the state of the Emerald Empire and how things are going. The kind of legal jargon that someone of the Emerald Champion position would be used to writing about. But what catches you more is not the fact of the contents of the letter, but the fact that a letter written by the former, the recently deceased Emerald Champion Doji Satsume happens to be in possession of an, this elderly peasant who these young fledglings have just helped set the cart to right. So Ikigai strides over to the peasant. Uh, is he still prostrate on the ground or looking at what the young samurai have, have done? I would say that he is still prostrate on the ground. 
he recognizes the uh, social standings that you guys hold and is still trying to keep that reverence and respect towards you guys. Elder, my name is Akoto Ikigai. I serve the Emerald Office as a... As, would you please tell me why you are in possession of a letter written by... That is correct. Why are you in possession of a letter written by the former Emerald Champion? So at this point, the elderly peasant, he's still prostrate on the ground, but out of courtesy and respect, yes, your magistrate. My name is Ryu, and uh, I was honored to be the servant of Doji Satsume, the great Emerald Champion, who of course enforced the law across this beautiful empire. But sadly, as you're well aware, my master died some weeks ago. The reason I'm in possession of these letters and these other items that belong to him is that I'm bringing his personal effects to his brother-in-law, uh, Doji Toshimoko. Toshimoko-sama is uh, the honored head of the Kakita Dueling Academy in Suma, which you Ikigai are familiar with because that is where the Topaz Championship is being held at the Dueling Academy. Let's not uh, keep uh, Doji-sama waiting. Alrighty. So, at this point, you young fletchlings are able to set the cart to uh, return the items, and Ryu is constantly, just continuously, to thank you for your help, and that he will sing of your praises to all who happen to uh, get a chance to listen to him. As you guys continue to make your way, Closer and closer to the village of Suma, you, all of you, look out into the river and you swear that you see a figure just standing in the middle of it. Should I will pause and he'll do a double take and see if this individual is still standing in the river. So as you are looking over, as quick as this individual was, in a blink of an eye, he's, this figure is now gone. Hey, did anybody else see someone standing in the river? In the... Yeah. I'm not crazy, am I? Did you say hi? They were gone before I could say hi. They were gone. I literally just blinked and then just... Are we talking like maybe some... Turns into water gone, or like a magic trick, perhaps, uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's all I got. By chance, did this figure look familiar? No, but it was strange enough that there was an individual standing on flowing water and showed I kind of motions to the river. Oh, that is a very <laughs> good point, Shodai. I know at least you ain't crazy, I ain't crazy, because we both saw it. While they're having their conversation, I turn to I'm gonna turn to Himiko and see if she noticed it. So Himiko, she just looks at you, she just subtly nods, and at this point she turns to Mio and looks without saying a word, but having that kind of telepathic you saw that too. Yes. And Mio is gonna <laughs> Mio is gonna walk to the river. 
the at river's edge. Okay. Alrighty, so <clears throat> simple enough. And he's going to crouch down and mm-hmm. he's going to put his hand on the water. Let's see okay. if the river tells him anything. <laughs> Remember to ask nicely. That is true. Is he washing his gonna, hands? All he's going to do is he's going to run his hands through the water, see if he if the river tells him anything. Like whispering under his breath. He's like <laughs> talking to the water, but is he okay? Should we be concerned? Himiko kind of just stands there and smiles and without looking in your direction, Daidoro, just says, just give it a moment. And Mio, as you gently, with your hand across the surface of the water, trying to hone into the voices that tend to be hidden within it, at this point in time, it's not really saying much anything to you. <laughs> he will... He'll say a small prayer as a thank you to the river. And he will pull out from his pouch a small bud and he will throw it to the river as an offering. And then he'll get up and he'll go back and say, the river had nothing to say. Well, I guess that solves that. But I know he's like, it's probably because we're strangers. Oh my goodness. We're strangers in the strange land. You are literally in crane territory. This is the least strange tourist. Ikigai just Everything's strange to me because I've never been I've never been out of the city before. (laughs) So as you guys are taking this all in, Ikigai the wind begin not wind, the breeze kind of gently picks up and the smells of the spring air in Rokugan begin to fill your nostrils and bring somewhat of a calm to it but as you continue in to breathe in lovely spring air you are suddenly smacked upside the face with a piece of parchment a piece of paper just by the commune littering in suma it is the crane after all you got something on your face. Saving it for later. Ice like a hawk, my young unicorn friend. Showed us smiles his little chimp monkey smile again. He's like, mm. they have the pebble shoot sticking out of his mouth. I will look on the parchment that is. Uh... Okay. As you take the paper off your face, it is another letter that happened to get loose from. Doji Satsume's belongings. As you look at the letter, you actually are able to read its contents. And this one is a little bit different. And in fact, this letter is a little more personal. Oh. It isn't it? No, I'm just trying to look, no, look at what's on the papers. What's it say? <laughs> so, I do have to ask this. So, Ikigai, do you wish to read the contents of the letter? Would it be disrespecting the dead? In this case, no. Would it be disrespecting my lord? No. (laughs) Good, I'll do it. Alrighty. So, as you take the paper off your face and you begin to read the contents of this, the letter is as written. You have often told me you are a better father to my children than I am. I can only hope the fortunes bless you. 
or curse you with children of your own one day that you could see the true challenges of fatherhood. And as you continue to read, it appears that this particular letter is addressed to one Kakita Toshimoko, Satsume's brother-in-law. <laughs> All right. I'm uh, going to have this conversation with uh, because I had to read it. He's going to fold the fold the letter up and uh, put it in his uh, in his sleeve in a pocket. Cool. Alrighty. So as you finish doing that and you make your way over to the rest of our young samurai as they are still talking about potentially seeing someone in the river and then also just someone apparently trying to talk to said river as well. Hey, doesn't hurt to try. No, it doesn't hurt to try. <laughs> Gave it the good old college try. What time is it, by the way? I will say it's about mid-afternoon. Oh, so we, we still have plenty of time left in the day. Okay. Do you guys want to go ahead and register and then look around the city, or what? The city is a little bit rich for Kutsuma. Uh, it's more of a playground for young samurai and a village for those who live here. Yeah, I wouldn't mind signing in and then finding a food place, because I'm hungry. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you there. Maybe just uh, maybe just uh, to sign in and maybe a, a little bit of a bath. We have been traveling for quite a while. Yes, and wherever we are staying, I, this is around a time where I should probably get some meditation done. Okay, so go ahead, sign in, get our lodging taken care of. You could probably do your meditating and we can go look for something to eat. Works for me. I'm not really that hungry. Okay. Okay. So All step right. one, we sign in. Uncle, where is it that, that we have to go to to register for the uh, championship? It's one of three houses and they rotate each year. It should be that one. As you okay. point to that one, that happens to be the house of the lapping of the laughing carp, which it will be your home while you guys are competing in the Topaz Championship. Hey, I guess we'll go and register then. You do that. Here's a letter of introduction, and I'm going to be in the bathhouses. See you when all of this underway. Remember to be careful of the wrinkles if you stay in the water too long. Are you saying I look old? No, I'm <laughs> saying if you soak long enough, you'll wrinkle. Isn't that idea? Oh, then, yeah, I guess you would be old. Now listen here, you little shit. Okay, hey, so I'm going to shit to you. <laughs> go sign up before I turn you inside out. Let's go, let's go, guys. Let's go, 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 go. I'm such a man, I can turn myself out. And then that's what you would be pushed away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta love it. Okay. So, Ikigai, as you go and find some nice respite <laughs> for yourself... The rest of you, along with Himiko, begin making your way through the village of Suma. So as you guys are taking in the sights and the sound, the village of Suma is just buzzing with activity today. 
as both peasants and samurai are moving along the street, taking care of whatever business that they seem to be attending to. The peasants and samurai move along the street, and as you guys are walking through, the peasants all bow and wait for you to pass while the samurai just continue to rush by you without giving you a second glance. As you walk through the streets, you notice that there are a multitude of streamers affixed to the trees and the paper lanterns of different colors of the great clans are hanging up from the posts and carp kites flying in the air and glass chimes bringing noise. Just ringing about. Yeah, just ringing about. And you're just taking it in. You just feel the breeze flowing through your touch like across your skin and just the village is suma as noisy as it is right now it's a nice warmth and comforting feeling as you guys take in the excitement of about what's going to happen over the next couple of days so with the letter in hand you guys quickly make your way to the town magistrates at to formally register for the tournament and then promptly after you are directed back to where you departed with Ikigai. Uh, You are directed back to the house of the Laughing Carp, which is a nice little tea house and an inn which will house you guys for the Topaz Championship. As you step into the courtyard, however, a loud voice catches all of your attention. Coming from a very lean, tall young man, who's still dusty from the road. He shouts at the top of his lungs, this is unacceptable. And in his dusty uniform, you notice that it has a sea green color to it with a unfamiliar family crest mark sewed into his garment. You guys, as much as you are aware of the major clans, you are also aware of a few of the minor ones. And given the sea green attire and the unfamiliar mark to most, you all recognize that this is a member of the Mantis clan, which is one of the, I don't want to say outliers, but they are one of the minor clans that not many people know too much about other than they find refuge off of the islands off the coast of Rakugan and just from the tales that you have heard growing up of them essentially being this version of what pirates and the like are but as you guys are taking in the scene this young man is unfortunately raising his voice to a very implacent and in his mid argument with a peasant woman at the moment so as you guys are listening the peasant woman says forgive me you honored samurai speaking to this gentleman all my rooms are spoken for at the moment If I should give you a room, I must displace another samurai, one who made these arrangements in advance. Perhaps you can try another boarding house in the village? At this point, this samurai hisses back at this woman and says, They are full. And they continue to argue until this peasant woman looks in your guys' direction and notices your arrival and quickly turns to you guys and bows. Honored guests. 
and she obviously recognizes your clan crests on your uh, clothing. Your rooms are waiting for you as soon as I take care of this situation. And she turns back and is doing her best to continue to talk to this gentleman. So these two are still going at it, still arguing. So what to do you do? Kind of take a step towards them and just forgive my intrusion, but uh, what seems to be the matter here? So I also notice the I look at the, the man from the Mantis clan. I just give him a respectful bow. Okay. So the peasant woman turns to Kaiser and says, we're just trying to settle a manner. This young samurai came in looking for a room, but unfortunately we have none at the moment because all the rooms are accounted for by those who made their arrangements ahead of time. And as I've been trying to explain to him, he, if I were to give him one, a room here, I would have to displace someone. And if he wants to, he can try to look for other housing at the other houses, but it seems that they're full as well. Yes, I did notice that the, the other boarding homes were quite full. If you two will excuse me for just one moment, I want to turn, uh, walk back to everybody else. I don't like the fact that there's no more rooms for this gentleman. Uh, I want uh, in the letter. Does it say like how many rooms or I guess beds or whatever have been reserved for us? Okay, so to give a little bit of context, so given the period that we are playing in, since this does take inspiration from feudal Japan, beds in the sense are not typically what you would think of. Most bedding, most rooms are more wide, more open spaces where it's mostly just tatami mats lining the floors. And so it's more of a big, big open room. Sorry. Yes. So essentially it's like a giant sleepover. Yes. So it's big (laughs) enough to fit a couple of you. And there's not necessarily a limit to how many people could be in a room it might get a little cramped at some points, but most of these rooms are big enough to hold anywhere between a good seven or eight of you. Though, since most of you guys are tall, it's going to be like a game of Tetris trying to figure out who's going to sleep in what position so y'all can fit in the room. I say in a hushed tone to the rest of the group, I don't want this other samurai to sleep outside. It's very disrespectful. I want to ask you guys, would would any of you be opposed to letting him room with us? Really quick, while this is going on, Shodai wants to, from underneath his, sorry, notes. So from underneath his casa, Shodai wants to look around and see how everyone else in the building is reacting to him because he is, he he does have the that Gaijin disadvantage i'm trying to find the exact name in the book for it but since he's not of of the realm biologically um, he's trying to see if people are giving him the stink eye for lack of a better word kind of giving him the side eye okay so you're asking if this mantis samurai is giving you the side eye or anyone in particular just overall and 
in the courtyard, the lady behind the, the, the counter, this this mantis samurai, if there's anyone else walk, walking around. Okay. So outside of your group and this young mantis samurai, as well as this innkeeper, in the immediate area of the courtyard, there isn't anyone else. But as you take a look around, other samurai ranging from young and old just... It's one of those things where it's like they're minding their own business and they're walking, but they're also like casually observing the situation. But no one is inherently stepping in to sway the situation as well, which is not uncommon given that they just rather watch and see how things play out. But for you in particular, it doesn't seem that anyone is giving you specifically a side eye. More so of them observing the situation that's going on right now between the innkeeper and the mantis samurai. Okie dokie. I need a minute. Uh, somebody else can go. At which point, Tyler was going to look at the mantis clan and approach. And he's going to pat him on the back and he's going to be like... Uh, do you really need to yell? It's not really solving your problem and you're making a scene. So just relax and we'll, we could figure this out. So you are trying to calm him down, it seems. Yes. Okay. Uh-oh, is this a dice roll? <laughs> exactly. He set up the situation for one, so yeah. So Amador, mm-hmm. you're lucky you get to have the first dice roll of the game. <laughs> oh boy. Dice roll. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm gonna make sure we're gonna walk through this together. So to make sure that I have it correct. So when you make dice rolls in Legend of the Five Rings, you are going to first take a look at your rings. So the five elements, water, fire, earth, uh, air, and then of course void. So for you, can, can I? Can I use my Earth Ring? Because it's going to be a more grounded and calm approach. Let me tell you what the skill I want you to do first. Oh, no. <laughs> so I want you to make a courtesy check. And you said you're going to make it Earth, right? Yeah. Okay, because it's more grounded and things oh. like that. Yeah. So what you're going to do is the number oh. that is associated with your Earth Ring, you're going to roll that number of... Now, I want to say black dice. But no, it's white dice, I think. No, the rings are associated. If I'm correct, the rings are associated with the black dice, and then your actual skills are associated with the white. So, do you, how many ranks do you have in courtesy? I have a staggering zero, I think. Okay, so in that case, you are going to roll your three black dice for your earth ring, but you're not going to roll any white. The white's associated with the skill and how many ranks you have in it. But since you have zero in courtesy, you're just going to roll your three in earth. Okay. All right. Well, can I use the bot? Yeah. So when you use the bot, just roll. And then it would be BB because that will stand for the three black dice you are rolling. Oh, did I say three? I meant two. Okay, so then it's going to be two black dice. So while Amador is getting all that set up, for those of you who are wondering, what do you mean dice mechanics? Legend of the Five Rings uses an interesting dice keep system in which you roll your dice based on 
two things. For Legend of the Five Rings, you use six-sided die and eight-sided dice. The six-sided dice are associated with the rings or the five elements in which a character can approach a situation. And then the eight-sided die, or the white dice in this case, are associated with the ranks or they have for their certain skills. So when a player wants to make a check, they use a combination of the two to figure out if they have a success, an explosive success, opportunity, or strife. For the sake of the beginning of this adventure, we're not going to worry too much about the opportunity and strife for right now. So, so ironically, I got uh, one blank and one opportunity. Yikes. <laughs> okay. So as a result of that... <laughs> Oh, buddy, what are we gonna do with that? <laughs> How do I want to do this? So, yeah. So, as you try to persuade this situation here, this Mantis Samurai kind of just brushes you off, and him and the innkeeper continue to be entrenched in their argument at the moment to listen to any reason at this point in time. Wait, one more time. Can you repeat that to me? So essentially, as you try to calm him down, he brushes you off and then he goes back to arguing with the innkeeper and both of them at this point are entrenched still in there going back and forth of figuring out, be like, there must be a room. No, there's not a room. All that good stuff. So they're still arguing right now. I would, either I was going to go back to the group and kind of resuming that hush whisper and say, we could just let him sleep on the streets. He is an ass. We also gotta think into consideration he's probably traveled a lot farther than we have, so he's probably really tired. So... That's his problem, not mine. It would be your problem if the... if it was reversed and it was you that showed up here. Oh, it's not that bad to sleep outside, honestly. I know, I just... Me, personally, I find it really disrespectful for a young samurai to also have to sleep outside. I suppose so. I, I just want to know that if any of you were opposed to let him room with us. I guess just as long as he's not an ass. I, okay, I so, we got one, so we got one yes as long as he's not an ass. What? As the innkeeper and the mantis samurai get increasingly louder at each other, Shodai like shrinks. He's already small, but as they get louder, he like starts shrinking and freezing up. And yeah, and once once it looks mm. like he can't get any smaller, he'll just squeak out. He can have my he can have my 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 space. It's fine. I, I'll go sleep outside. I'm, I'm more used to sleeping oh. outside anyway. Mia's whoa, gonna, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, Mia's gonna stop that immediately. No. Yeah. No. You've already no. traveled with me enough that you're my friend. I'm not gonna let my friends sleep outside. No. We're friends. We're all friends. If anybody's, if nobody's opposed to that, yeah, all of you are my friends. Hell yeah. Mia oh, was going to approach this samurai and the innkeeper, and he's going to oh, be yeah. like, it's very calm. He's going to say, he's going to look at both and say, I'm sure there's something, a compromise we can come to here. As he's saying that, I'm walking uh, along. Okay. So, since both of you are working towards trying to calm the situation down, 
I will also have you, both of you individually, you are going to roll a courtesy check. So this courtesy check, which ring would you like to use for this approach? I'm going to go with, I guess, Watcher. Try, mm -hmm. uh, try to keep things, try to keep things calm. Yeah, I'm going to go with Watcher as well. <laughs> okay. So in that case, both of you can make the roll. And I have a ranking courtesy. Okay, so the uh, way that it works. Okay, so what that means is since both of you are going to use water, you're going to roll. So you're going to roll the number of black dice or the sixes that you have for your ring and water in addition to one of the eight-sided die for since you have a rank one in courtesy. Wait, hang on one second. He was mentioning, like, D6 and stuff, and I'm like, oh, wait, those dice I do have. I thought the, was Strictly had their their own, had this game had their own dice. No, you can use standard D6, D8s. It's just a matter of you need to make sure that you pay attention to what number you have, because it will. It means different things depending on what you roll. How do we <laughs> interpret these? Ah. You said a D6 or a D8? So you're going to roll... The number of D6 or the number that you have for your water ring. And then you're going to roll one D8 for your one rank in courtesy. So going back to you, Will, uh, you are rolling with physical dice, I'm assuming? The yes. special ones? Yeah, I bought my own dice. Nice. I'm very excited. <laughs> okay. So to interpret the symbol. So the symbol that looks like it's a snake eating its own tail is a success the one that looks like a spiral is a it like is one? an oppor is an opportunity okay so that's an opportunity the one that looks like basically the best way i could look at it is if you're familiar one? with dark so that is an exploding success <laughs> and then Anything that looks like a flame is what is called strife, but we're not going to worry about strife quite yet. And what about this one? That is a success with strife. But like I said, we, we're not worrying too much about strife. Okay. So with that result, you got two successes. And then, Josh, what about you? What numbers did you get? Okay, so you said one thing... Point and whatever element, right? Uh huh. So since you're water, I would have three. And then in addition, you roll. I'm sorry, a twelve-sided dice, not an eight-sided dice. A twelve-sided dice for your one rank in uh, courtesy. Okay. Okay. Here's my D six. Okay, that is six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So you're not going to add them together. So on your D6s, uh, what are the numbers that you got? I've got uh, 6, 3, and 3. Okay. So that 6 gives you an exploding success with Strife. But like I said, don't worry about the Strife. And your two threes give you opportunities. So you have an exploding success. So that is enough. So now let's see how well you do. So go ahead and roll your 12-sided die and see what you get. That would be a three. Okay, so with the three, that is an opportunity. But both of you, both collectively, 
Actually, individually, you succeeded enough. You the happy music, apparently. <laughs> so as the two of you assuage the situation, the Mantis Samurai begins to calm down, and he bow. He begins to state apologies for my behavior. It is my first time in these lands, and I may have let my temper get the best of me. These things happen. I trust you did travel quite some distance to get here. That I did, and uh, this young... I am Yasha, by the way. Oh, Oh, uh, apologies. He, this young Manta Samurai bows in front of you. My name is Hitoshi. It is a pleasure to meet you. And then bows to the rest of you guys as you are looking on. Uh, Hitoshi looks over to you, Daidoro, and says, apologies for my brush off earlier I will accept your apology and when I say that when he says that he's going to give him a slight bow okay at this point the innkeeper kind of you see on her face a sense of relief and says to the group now you had mentioned that you would share your room with this young samurai is that the plan still? Yes. Is there any? Would there be any charge to let Hitoshi here? No. If he is registered for the Topaz Championship, we here in Suma make sure that all samurai are housed for the tournament. So no extra charge, and we here at the Laughing Carp have no qualms with him joining your room. If that is okay with you. I, kind of, I turn towards uh, Hitoshi. We would be honored if you would room with us. Hitoshi just nods his head. It would be an honor. Thank you. And once again, bows to the rest of you. At this point, as you guys are finally at the tail end of the situation, you notice that the innkeeper woman looks away from you guys towards the entrance of the courtyard and her eyes begin to widen as she just quickly prostrates herself and bows in a hurried manner and as you guys look in that direction you turn to find a very thin man who has a sword blade in his kimono of an elegant blue and gray silk kind of attached to his hip and he has gray hair kind of salt and pepper in it in the style of what all of at this point to be the style of fashion for the crane clan and as you guys are taking in this individual site the innkeeper uh, states well she begins to state oh Toshimoko-san welcome back to the inn and if you guys remember from what Ikigai told you, this is the person who is in charge of the Topaz Championship, and it is his dueling academy as which everything will take place in. And just from his sheer so presence, we know for a fact who this gentleman. You for a fact who this is. In that case, oh, boy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Should if, I? If, 
Yeah, <laughs> Kaito. Yeah, Kaito goes and bows. If you, if anyone were to look over, you could see his leg just starting to shake a little. I give a slight bow. Hey, hey can you say his name again? Because I'm trying to get the names to click. Okay. So really quickly, so the person who just walked in, Ikigai had mentioned them. So his full name is Kakita Toshimoko. So he is the head and he owns the dueling academy here in Suma where the Topaz Championship will be taking place. So if that's too much of a mouthful to remember, Toshimoko is the name you want to keep in mind. Yep. Toshimoko. Mio so will get a slight bow of the head and he won't do a full bow. Like he'll be just enough for respect. Okay. So as all of you bow, Toshimoko-san, he walks in, he bows to all of you, and just continues walking on, and before entering one of the rooms, he just states, in general, to the air, not looking at anyone specific, he states, Just remember, my young fledglings, there are always people watching, so make sure that your behavior is representative of those you choose to honor here at the Topaz Championship before continuing to walk through the room and the doors shut behind him. So he's gone now. Correct. Yeah. Holy so start standing up and like How was How was him? I I let out the breath I was just holding for that entire time. <laughs> You're just like <laughs> And then and and I'll just look over at at Himiko and just mouth Okay, maybe I am nervous. I'll say I wasn't <laughs> expecting to meet such a uh, high-ranking individual in the Crane Clan to be here, but so soon, I should say. What have we got ourselves into? I'm Showed starting will... to think a bit off more than I can chew here, but this is something Sh I gotta uh, do. So I'm... Shodai looks up from behind his casa and just... Has the yelling stopped? Yes. It has yeah. very much so, and my headache is relieved. Okay, good. And Shodai will slowly go back to his normal size. Oh, buddy. So, after that very interesting encounter with uh, Toshimoko-san, uh, Hitoshi joins you in more close proximity and gives a more formal introduction and he shares the fact that he is, as you surmised, a member of the Mantis clan and doesn't really offer too much about who he is as a person and his background. But he does talk a lot in length about uh, how he has served on many of Mantis ship in his youth. Two ships in particular that all of my name of the Fortune Turtle and the ship also known as Susano. And uh, he's still not used to his sword. He's pretty adept and capable with the bow and arrow. But more uh, importantly, go ahead. First ship you mentioned? The Fortunate Turtle. And the second ship is the Susano. And also that he is capable with the bow. And the more interesting 
fact that all of you take to heart a little bit is that he mentions that he's surprised to be invited to the championship given that the Mantis clan is a minor clan and not one of the major ones. But he's eager to prove that he is worried to be as good, if not better, than a great clan samurai. Win or lose, you still made it here, so that itself is an honor. That may be an honor. Success or failure is going to depend on how well I do in the championship. In fact, it's going to depend on all of us on how well we do on each of the different tests that they have waiting for us. That is true. Just trying to lighten the mood and lift some spirits. Do you know by any chance what kind of tests they are holding for us? I was just thinking that myself. How do I put this? At least from what I've been told from my family and the other samurai of the Mantis clan, those who had the honor of being a part of the Topaz Championship, these tests are designed to basically test all aspects of Rokugan culture and just the essential skills that any samurai needs to have. Though I don't know quite for sure of well, who all the events, but I do know a couple that are coming up tomorrow. I heard the, the different tests uh, kind of vary from year to year. Either way, I'm both terrified and excited to see what we what we encounter. Yeah, I am too. Well, we do still have some time. I'm still kind of new, so uh, if you wouldn't mind, do you mind showing me around Suma a little bit? Uh, it'd be a, an experience for me as well. I've I've, I've never left my uh, my hometown either. I'm willing to experience a new world, <laughs> so, so to speak. I think we should go and put our put our things away, and then uh, first uh, start with something to eat. I'm always down to eat something. Like I said, the Daifuku here are to die for. You all can... Uh, not that I don't want to spend time with you. I just need a little time alone to meditate and just that, clear my mind a bit. That's a, you gonna meet us up later? You want us to bring you anything? If I will come into town later to meet up with you, but if you're back, if you seem like you're coming back beforehand, if you don't mind bringing me some kind of snack, I'll leave it to you to surprise me. I'm not too picky. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Shodai's eyes grow wide, and he'll be like, I will bring you all the food. I trust him. He has quite the palate. I'm not standing around and talking. Let's, let's get going. Alrighty. So... While the majority of you head out, and when one of you decides to sit and meditate, we're going to cut over to uh, one local bathhouse <laughs> as the camera cuts out from this young group of young samurai and then pushes its way through the doors of the bathhouse where we find a one-said ikigai enjoying his moment of solitude in said bath. <laughs> So, I'm just going to flavor this real nicely. Ikigai has a fairly unscathed face, but most things below his collarbones are scarred. They look like slashes and stab wounds and a lot of things, really. 
he has been hurt a lot through the years. But in the end, the things uh, that hurt worst would be all the paper cuts from all the paperwork that he does. Bathing is the one place where he doesn't have to deal with that. He's leant back with the cup of tea and towel on his head. Small. Rolled up towel just resting on top of his head. Hopefully nobody disturbs me right now. That would be the worst. It's funny that you mentioned that. No, so Ikigai, as you are resting and relaxing in this bath, just the nice aromas and the steam just rising from your tub. From behind you in the position that you're in, you just hear a quaint female voice and says, if you're not too careful, I might just take you out of existence. <laughs> Say that to the kunai that I pointed at you. As she has her kunai pointed at you. As sharp as ever, Ikigai. <laughs> and she who puts her... The, who do I have the pleasure of talking to? I don't, I'm not asking, I'm just asking you. Out of out, character. Out, out, out of character. Okay. Ikigai, given your, to- your life expectancy... Well, not life expectancy. Given the life that you have lived, you have come across all sorts of people and have dealt with pretty much all of the major clans. Some clans you find more affinity with. Some you are just more cordial with. And then, of course, there are a few clans that you have a disdain for. But despite all that, if someone can be of to whatever it is that needs to get done, you are more than willing to push that aside. So, as you look up to this said, you know, female voice, you are familiar with the traditional garb of anyone that is from the Scorpion Clan. So, as she's sitting there, you recognize this as longtime. I don't want to say consultant. It's more like a frenemy thing you got going on. You have a love-hate relationship with her. But this is... This is Coyote. So Coyote is in the traditional garb of the Scorpion Clan. And of course, the what gives that feature out is also the mask that those of the Scorpion Clan wear. This one happening to be designed in a uh, butterfly shape. Kaori-san. Nice to meet you again. I was beginning to wonder if somebody had finally caught you. I would be bad at my job as someone did, though. I wouldn't find if you were the one who ended up catching me at the end of the day. Now, no. Flirting is for after work. I figured that since you're in the bathhouse, I figured that you were off the clock. I take it you're here on business, then? What's it to you? Nothing, really. Just curious is all. This couldn't wait until I was out of my dress. Traveling garb, as it may be, but still. You know me, I always got... It doesn't hurt to get a peek. But, more importantly, I just needed to make sure that I passed along a message without anyone seeing us together. What's the message? (laughs) I'm guessing you're not going to hand me paper. 
uh, it would defeat the purpose, especially if you get it wet. So just memorize it to heart, okay? I have that effect on people. <laughs> so those fledglings that you are with, what's the deal with them? One's my nephew, the others are a ragtag bunch. They're here for the Topaz Championship. It should be obvious to you. Aw, when you say it like, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> Good. But anyways, so your nephew's finally of age, huh? Well, that it was it last more... year as well, but he was uh, too slow to sign up. This All year right. I'm here to make sure of it. Good old guy, taking care of the family as always. Duty well, above everything else. To be fair, I did my jumpuku at age 10 and succeeded, so I'm not sure why he waits until it's the ripe old age of whatever he is. Coyote just gives off a subtle laugh. Good. Anyways, that actually is what my message is. I'm still trying to figure out all the details of it, but something is amiss this year with the Topaz Championship. And my message to you is just to keep an eye on those fledglings and to also keep an eye on the other competitors as well. About it. For now, as she takes her fingers and walks it along your chest, Ikigai, that's the business aspect of it. You know where to find me if you want to talk after hours. It's an idea of a shinobi not to be able to be found. Only if I want you to see me. <laughs> you are so... <sighs> such a trope. Now be gone. I wish to uh, wash the road off of me. And don't you dare keep peeking or I'll hunt you in the rafters. Not that I think that you wouldn't mind that. You know me all too well. It's, uh, it's Lonely Shore City all over again. You gotta admit, that was a fun time. <laughs> I'm not welcome in that bathhouse anymore, so thanks for that. Listen, if you had just stuck with the plan, nothing, none of that would have happened, but eh. That was a time in past. <laughs> it was an emerald business, not a scorpion business. Baby, it's always my business, especially when you're involved. I'm involved. It's the Lion Clan business, so you should definitely not be there. <laughs> Touche. Just as Coyote begins to get up, just be careful, Ikigai. And if I find anything else out, I'll let you know. As flirtatious and extravagant as I am. I don't want anything happening to those young ones, especially before they get a chance to explore the world and let their light guide us into a new age. That is surprisingly hopeful. I take that as a threat and an omen. I gotta be better with that. No, I am not gonna do any harm to them. You have my word. You sure you're not a yogo? Wouldn't you like to know? I could ask your lord. How is the Shusuro leadership of uh, these days? I haven't been back for a month or so. And as you mentioned that, as you turn around, Coyote's just up and gone. <laughs> oh, so that's how it feels. All right. So, yeah, so Coyote has left. Just you now alone in your bath. 
as you continue on with the Selkage. We fast forward towards the evening. Those of you that went out in town with Hitoshi and uh, Himiko kind of tagging along have finally returned to the inn. Himiko just turns to the group. I know you guys said that you were big food people, but I wasn't expecting all this to come back. As she just points out to the massive amounts of just all different types of food bags and all the other stuff. Yeah, so Shodai has... He has three... I guess they'd be I called mean, bento boxes. The, the, yeah, he's got three of those, I guess they're uh, reed-made like food boxes and they're like stacked on top of each other and they're like in front of his face and yeah he he moves it to one side and is totally i did tell kaido i'd bring him food i told him i'd bring everything yes but when you said it, everything i didn't actually think he would need physically everything uh, i still have a little bit more room if you want me to get one of get one of those boxes out from your face Shodai just blinks Himiko and just says everything and his face just disappears back behind the boxes and then to answer your question he's no they're Kaito's which at this point Kaito you hear your uh, compatriots come back so you come back out into the courtyard and uh, yeah you just (laughs) see his mountain (laughs) yes so Kaito comes out before realizing all the food. Uh, he's coming out and just saying, "Super like, oh my god, like I just lost track of time. I was meditating and then I started rearranging things because there's gonna be seven of us and I wanted to make make sure there was enough room for all of us. And so I started working on that. Then I decided to rearrange. What is that? <laughs> I decided to rearrange. What is that? Shodai's I mean, he face. did say he'd bring back all the food. Shodai's face again slowly emerges from behind the bento boxes, and he just quietly, but, like, his eyes really wide, and, like, in anime form, he's got those, like, wavy lines in front of his face. He's just like, And then his face slowly disappears back behind the bento boxes. And Kaito just looks and just goes... I need to make more room, and turns around and just goes right back inside to go <laughs> and you just hear him start rearranging things again. You left the guy with ADHD alone, okay? I mean, in our defense, we didn't know. I mean, and we were hungry, so... Should I will Jeez. shuffle behind uh, Kaito and just, just to bring his food to him. Yep. I mean, what do you suggest first? <laughs> yes. Oh, jeez. I'll point to one of the food items. Those were really good. You can try starting off with one of those. Okay. I go ahead and grab whichever box that is. Sit down and just start uh, just uh, <laughs> picking out food. Alrighty, so as you guys are joining this, Himiko, notice you, you Mio, off to, to the side a little bit. She walks over to you and says, What's... I was like, I can see there's something on your mind, Mio. You just gotta learn to verbalize it. Yeah, Mio is just sitting over there by, not necessarily by himself, but just off from the group a little bit. Just chewing on his bamboo, watching the scene unfold. Wondering how in the world this group of individuals, personalities, are ever going to succeed. 
see in this tournament. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, what, what was the unlikely alliance? No, not the unlikely alliance. Not again. <laughs> so, Himiko. Now, do you verbalize this, or is this more of an internal monologue? <laughs> that was more, more internal. That's more as she's walking over to me. And and he just turns to him and says, the nail that sticks out is struck. And he looks back at this group. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of striking. You're not wrong. And I wasn't expecting this colorful cast of characters when the three of us were sent here. But in a weird way, I think this is what we need. It's not every day we get to go explore and to also finally get to leave our homes and get to experience life. I just don't want you to miss out on it. If anything, you have me and you have just all of us Phoenix that came together. So learn to enjoy yourself a little bit. And it's only a couple of days. <laughs> and you will look at her and smile the this awkward he doesn't really know how to smile. So it's the sort of... It, it literally looks more like a grin than a smile. Kind so smile. he's really trying to, like... Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's more like, Yes. <laughs> oh, my, oh my goodness. I, I will... I will try. And... Dumplings over flowers, eh? And then he will rise up and he'll go and join the group awkwardly. And he will pull out his own foods that he has in his bag, <laughs> which are probably nothing like the ni- the really good food. That's that he has. It's more <laughs> more like rice and bamboo and maybe a couple of pickled vegetables. It's very structured. It's very yes. What, what did your mom pack for you? That sort of thing. <laughs> I'll probably invite you over to sit near me, since while, yeah, we've all gotten to become friends, I know you the most out of everybody. (laughs) Oh, indeed. I will sit next to you very quickly. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going to, I'll hold up the bento that I'm eating and I'll be like, I'll take some. And I'll offer you some of my sweet rice. And I'll definitely take some as well. And Mio will I'm like, I'm listen and finish yeah. all of this. <laughs> yeah, well, Mio will sit there and listen and, and listen to all of the banter. And he will, he does find a lot of it humorous. And he truly tries to laugh like he means to laugh. But it really probably comes off more like sarcastic. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it, like, truly, he's, this is great. I've never really had friends like this before, but it's more like, oh, huh. this. this there's probably a smile on my face because just knowing him and knowing that this is new for him too. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm probably have so much joy right now too. <laughs> yeah, I can just see everyone like laughs and then he laughs after they laugh. <laughs> so as you guys are enjoying your time together, Ikigai, I will say at this point, you make your way back to the la- to the inn and you walk into the front entrance of the courtyard and just bear witness to all these young samurai sharing a meal and kind of enjoying each other's company. Cute. They made friends. I'm gonna go take a nap.
So this is an this is a question for me specifically. Ikigai, would you be rooming with these fledglings or would you have your own room? Hell no. I'm a guest of uh, the Kikita. Got it. That's what I figured. I just wanted to make sure. So these fledglings are all going to be roomies together and you got your own thing. <laughs> just yeah. how quick that answer was, though. But it makes sense given Ikigai's position. I mean, I same thing, but just how fast that answer was, though. It's like <laughs> summer camp. God, it is. Have you smelled? Listen, yes. I work with I work them, with so I know. Yeah, yeah very well. Me and, Will, me and Will understand that fact way too well. Oh, God. Okay, that actually answers my question. So, as you guys all can, as the evening passes on and you guys enjoy the meal and enjoy each other's company, you all make your way back to your room together. Man, I hope y'all just take care of yourselves. Make sure to shower, like take a bath, because <laughs> it's gonna get smelly up in there real quick. But as you guys make your mats and just finish the final moments of brief conversation, all of you guys make get comfortable, and for a brief moment, you guys drift away to dreamland until. For some reason, you awaken with no clear sense of as to why, and as you look out into the light that is shining in the courtyard outside of your paper screen door of your room, you notice a silhouette of a male figure, kind of his silhouette protruding against the paper screen door. No sound. No hint of movement, just the silhouette just appearing. The silhouette at the paper door. Yeah, I was gonna, say, I'm gonna check that out. <laughs> like, I was gonna say, uh, whoever woke up first would probably be like, "Hey." Yeah, I will say that. I will say that Mio is the first one to wake up. So, Mio, you want to go investigate it? Yes. Okay. So as you open the door to your room. You notice, because your guys' rooms is near the courtyard, in said courtyard, you find a stern-faced older male kind of kneeling by a strangely formal tea set at a low table in the center of this said courtyard. So as you take this in, the moonlight begins to shimmer against his blue and emerald silk kimono. And as he looks in your direction, Mio... He gestures for you to join him. I will do that. Okay. Did we all end up waking up, or was it just him that woke up? Technically, Mio is the only one who has woken up, so if he wants to wake you up, he can. If not, then... But it is his choice. I'm going to find out what this is first before I just start alarming <laughs> everyone. Okay. So, Mio, as you walk over to this older gentleman... Without looking in your direction, without any hesitation, he just says, sit by me. And just continues to stare off into the distance. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. Okay. I will do it. Alright, as you cautiously sit by him, again, without breaking line of sight in front of him, without looking in your direction, 
he begins to say, who will pour the tea? As you realize with shock, as you get a closer look at this said individual, you are overcome with the sense of awe, wonder, terror, and again, shock, because sitting before you is the ghostly visage of Doji Satsume, the dead emerald champion. I will say with great respect, it would be an honor if I poured the tea for you. And again, without breaking concentration, he just nods. And that, my friends, is where we're going to end tonight's episode. <laughs> I Whoa, know. Okay. I know. But I hey, just... you got to leave it with a cliffhanger. I just want it to be known, Shodai is totally sleeping with that huge snot bubble coming out of his nose, like they do in the anime. <laughs> Straight yeah. out of the I swear to God, I've seen this anime before. <laughs> you guys are making it. You guys are making it into an anime. I wasn't expecting it, but I'm not gonna be against it. I'm rolling with it. It's a food anime, first and foremost. Again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Definitely has to no. This will not. Be, this will not become food wars. That is not happening. This podcast. Unfortunately, this is not that character. That's in a different one. <laughs> yes. Um. No. Listen. I have the anime five e rule set. If you just want to switch it over eventually. <laughs> oh my god. No. <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> Love it, cheese, Louise. But ladies Actually, and gentlemen, that's another one of those I wanna. I wanna run too. Yes. But ladies and gentlemen, what did y'all think? <laughs> I rolled an opportunity today. Buddy, <laughs> it's this is it's a completely different system, and I really like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely very different than anything I've played in the past, yeah. and I'm really enjoying that kind of challenge slash change of pace. And I know we're playing a lot of different types of TTRPGs, but this one in particular just feels so much more involved and so much more heavy, yet it didn't take a lot of us long to just get right into it, get right into our characters and what the world is. So I enjoyed it. Also, it didn't take our characters long to become friends. Yes. The one in doubt, ooh. When in doubt, food. Or when in doubt, give somebody a lot of food that they can, can't finish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the ADHD person that was left alone just come back with mountain. Love it. <laughs> oh my goodness. To all the listeners out there who saw this episode all the way through to the end, thank you for joining us for the first official episode of Furusato, a Legend of the Five Rings actual play podcast. We'll, we will be back next time to see what happens with young Mio and his interaction with the ghost of the former Emerald Champion, Doji Satsume. So until next time, everyone, remember to love each other, take care of one another, and as always here at the D&D Vibe Tribe Productions, let the good times roll.